Welcome to the Proletarian Contrarian, the podcast where we reevaluate bad films through a leftist perspective. I'm Nick. And I'm Lewis. And we have quite the treat for you today. We have um, a great movie to review. Yeah, shocker, folks. We um, we have broken our streak of fucking <laughs> yes. terrible movies. Um, oh my god! Uh, pe- praise Rao! Praise Rao! <laughs> the the penance for Death Wish is over. Um, we are reviewing a film that I had only heard of in the last few years. Actually, I'd only heard of this film via advertisements in okay. the comic books I read right now. Like nice. I, I get one or two DC comic books per month and I saw the promotional material about <laughs> the re release of the Blu-ray of this movie and I was like, wait, what the fuck is this? Um, well I know I know what I'm getting you for your for your next birthday or for Christmas <laughs> or something this year. Oh yeah. Cause the Blu-ray would be worth it. Um we're reviewing the nineteen eighty four film Supergirl. I, I was kind of aware of this. Um, some of like the bad movie forums and some of the bad movie review sites and, and and like output like content creators that I was aware of over the years have reviewed this movie. I've never actually sure. I've never actually like read a full on review or plot synopsis before watching it. Um, but yeah, this this movie does not deserve that slander at all. No, it's crazy. Yeah, so I like I said, hadn't heard of it saw this promotional material um it's funny actually the images they use in in the comic book ads have like the demon at the end of this movie and i was like yes. wait what the fuck it's very incongruous right like you're seeing like yes. supergirl and then there's like this fucking shadow demon next to her on a page of a uh, on a comic book page saying new blu-ray and i'm like wait is this a movie that someone like made up like is this like an in like comic book universe movie and no it exists folks <laughs> I mean, not to not to go too far into um into the end yet, but like that 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 kind of fits. Kind of, it's kind of like um, Mister Mix Mix Spitalik. Um, oh yeah, imagery. Mixius Pitlick, like, like, you mean? There you go. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but yeah, no, it, it I, I can get that, and it's like it's one of the more exciting sequences in the movie, so that kind of yeah, tracks for sure. And just the whole like you know Supergirl kind of uh, science and sci-fi versus magic yeah. um that, yes. that is the main conflict in this film is like mm-hmm. cool and unexpected yes. and just batshit considering the superman films that came before this um the other main conflict being um stubble or clean shaven for your boyfriends <laughs> that's, that's right <laughs> so these films take place after the events of the first three Superman films, more or less, you know, it's it's still in the continuity of the Christopher Reeve Superman films. Um, yeah. Christopher Reeve Superman appears as an image on a poster in a boarding mm-hmm. school, uh, but he actually dropped out of filming this movie. Yeah, he was going to have a cameo at one point, but um, he, he just wasn't interested. Um, and there there is a beat in the movie. Someone's listening to the radio, and, and like a news report on the radio mentions, oh, Superman is on a peacekeeping mission to another galaxy. So yep. like, they kind of sequester him from the plot. Um, but yeah, it, it very much explicitly takes place within the Reeves continuity of, of Superman. Yeah, which is super interesting, too, because Christopher Reeves... <laughs> super interesting. <laughs> huh? Christopher Reeves suggested the director of this film. 
to really? to the producers. Um, the uh, I think their names are like Sak Sakind or whatever. Ilya Some Saskin, I think is her name. Al- Alexander and Ilya Sal- Salkind. Salkind, yeah. So to the, he he suggested. Uh, now here's another pronunciation we got here. Uh, Jano Svark is uh, the French director yes. um, um, of this S- film. S Z W A R C. Yeah, it's basically <laughs> like Schwartz, is my understanding. Okay. Um, sure. I think it's a Polish surname, um, but he is French of. Or of French origin, at least. Sure. Um, he, Goddamn French. <laughs> but in this case, they did something right. Um, yeah, so Christopher Reeves was in a film he made called Somewhere in Time, which is a adaptation of a Richard Matheson uh, okay. book or short story. I can't remember now. Um, so Christopher Reeves was like, hey, this guy's a good director. We should work with him. Um, and he also did Jaws 2. Uh, he directed Jaws 2, <laughs> yes. which for the longest oh, yeah. time, actually, I thought Steven Spielberg directed Jaws 2, but I, I'm confusing that with um, Jurassic Park 2, which Steven Spielberg... Oh, The Lost World. Yeah, yeah, yeah he yeah. directed that um, one. I think his only sequel he directed. Oh, mm, yes. yes. Well, I no, so. no, of course, the Indiana Jones films. Oh, my God. Fuck. I don't know how we forgot that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. Goodbye, yeah. folks. We're done. <laughs> Um, our um, brains are mush. yeah. So back to back to Supergirl. Yes, um, yes. Yeah, as we said, came out in 1984. Um, directed by Janos Um I just said starring... it properly. <laughs> no, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. <laughs> it's it's all it's all fine. We gotta we gotta we gotta pronounce it a new a new way. Okay, time. gotcha. Um, starring Helen Slater as Supergirl, uh, Faye Dunaway. Yes, Peter O'Toole. Yes, amazing. Uh, Hart Buckner. Uh, Mia Farrow, Mia fucking yes. Farrow's in this movie for two seconds. Brenda, for literally two seconds. Um, Brenda Vaccaro, uh, Peter Cook, who's pretty good yeah. in this. Um, Mark McClure, Maureen Tiffy, and David Healy. And it should be noted that Mark McClure is actually Jimmy Olsen, and mm-hmm. he's the only actor who's in all of the Superman films. So he's all. All five yeah, of the um, Reeves, Christopher Reeves, yeah. super family films. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So he's the connective tissue throughout all of these. So that's how we know he is. We are indeed within the Christopher Reeves Superman extended yes. universe here. Um, he he kind of occupies that place that Michael Gao occupies for the um, the original Bat film universe. Like he's the like Alfred from the right. Batman movies. Yeah, that's true. He's the only one that appears in all four. Yeah, that's right. Wow, yeah, like the kind of like servant-esque character in both the proletariat of Proletariat yeah. connects the, uh, the whole universe here. <laughs> a working photojournalist, a working butler. Yeah, you know, you know. there you go, folks. DC uh, will always be more leftist than Marvel. Uh, <laughs> whoa, hot take, hot take. <laughs> I'm not sure I even believe that, but... This movie made uh, $14.3 million against a $35 million budget, <laughs> so it's a straight-up flop. Yeah. Um, Jesus. It has a 10% Rotten Tomato score. Yeah. Um, but of course, a 20, 26% audience score, as is the trend. Um, audiences are, are more generous to these films than. But even are. not that much, not, right? I mean, like. <laughs> yeah. 26% still dog shit. A bump of like, 16%. Like, that's it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. with Warcraft, it was like a bump of 50%. You know, the disparity yeah, War, between was, Tomato yeah. Meter and audience score. 
Yeah, we we have a we have an interesting uh, selection here on the review by um, David Kerr from the Chicago Reader. Uh, Kerr writes. Queasily suspended between drag theatrics and Spielbergian wholesomeness, this is one comic book feature that doesn't fly. Director Jeannot <laughs> attempts to emulate the romantic comedy tone of Richard Lester's Superman 2, but he doesn't have Lester's winning way of placing throwaway humor in an epic context. The series' commercial tie-ins seem more blatant, blatant and oppressive than ever. All the film lacks is an announcer to say, this movie was brought to you by TWA, Tylenol, A&W Root Beer, and Popeye's Fried Chicken. Um, fuck this guy. Yeah. Fuck He's wrong. <laughs> fuck He's you, wrong. Um, yeah. David Kerr is, is a hit or miss uh, critic, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he was the critic for the longest time for the Chicago Reader until Jonathan Rosenbaum took over. Um, and actually, they were, they were contemporaneous uh, and, until David Kerr retired and i think he he did some work for i want to say like the new york times or washington post um i think he, like he still writes maybe he even has his own okay. blog um i do appreciate him because he's like a big fan of action cinema even like current day action cinema like kind of lowbrow sure. stuff um sure. but yeah. yeah he uh, he did not like this film. He actually, I've tried to see if he liked any of Jeannot's uh films, and it seems <laughs> like he hates all of them. Like, even the Christopher Reeve Somewhere in Time, Richard Matheson adaptation, he was like, fuck this movie. He really hates, like, just everything that this director does, which, um, I don't know, now I want to see his other films. I've seen Jaws 2. Uh, it's been a yeah, while. I was just going to say, I haven't actually seen Jaws 2. I know it's kind of divisive. Um Oh, you know what else he directed? He directed um, Santa Claus the movie. Okay. It it was like one of the first big budget like live action depictions of Santa Claus. Huh. Weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, what a, John Lithgow's in it. What a fucking filmography. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Um, I bet there's a bunch to mine for us. I mean, there's got to be more that we can mm-hmm. review. We'll have a whole um, Genosrak month. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, late, later on in in the '90s, he kind of retreated just to French films. All the all these titles are just like French names. So, and he's he's done a bunch of TV work too. Wow, so yeah. true degeneracy, French and television, <laughs> French, French and television. <laughs> he directed 14 episodes of Smallville. Uh, fitting enough. <laughs> That's so amazing. There you go. Well, and actually, yeah. Helen Slater, who plays Kara uh, Zor-El slash Supergirl, she's in. Uh, the current Supergirl show. Yes, I, I she plays yeah. her adoptive mother, her Earth mother. She's also in um, a few Smallville episodes too. I forget who she plays in that in that show. Um, let's see here. Da-da-da, live action uh, research here, folks. You're nothing you're not used to. Hopefully, <laughs> she's in one episode of. Um, Small uh, three episodes of Smallville. She plays Lara L, so she plays Small Girl's mother. She plays or Small super, Girl's Superman's mother. mother, actually. Small girls, <laughs> Small girls. Yeah, <laughs> she no, she plays um, Lara L, the white the wife of Jor El. Okay, cool. cool. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I wonder if she'll be on that new like gigantic crossover they're doing on the CW. Like they're doing like a Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover, and they're getting like yes. Brandon Routh to be like Kingdom Come yes. Superman. I wonder if she's gonna be on there. I would be shocked if she wasn't, yeah. honestly. I mean, she's just still as, alive. Um, she's 
been in the other Supergirl show. Like, I mean... And in the original Crisis on Infinite Earths story, um, Supergirl plays quite a prominent role. Yeah, that's right. She she sacrifices she herself dies, to... Right. To God, that story's so convoluted. Something, <laughs> something, something. Rather, yeah. she dies. She obviously comes back way later. Doesn't she come back as like a cyborg or something? Isn't that when that storyline no. starts? I oh God, fucking DC Comics. I think like Luther clones her or something. Yeah, something like that. Um, it's uh, yeah. I don't or know. Puts she, her consciousness into like some kind of like cyborg body or something like that. Like some kind of like yeah robot. I don't know. I. I don't know. They, they've they've brought her, they introduced her back even before the whole um the whole flashpoint rebirth thing. They they did bring her back like well before that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she, she had a fairly successful '90s run, and I think a lot of yeah. that was when she was like that robot. I think called Matrix even was the, was the name of that character. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> a really strange history. I mean, the comic book history of Supergirl is 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 fascinating, folks. And um, speaking of fascinating, this film is uh, it's, uh, it it opens up on um, Argo City, which is presented as like a splinter faction of Krypton that survived Krypton's destruction. Yeah. So Peter O'Toole's character of Zaltar. Zaltar, um, not. Zoltar from Space Ghost. Uh, right. right. <laughs> uh, yeah, Zoltar is is a creator and artist, and apparently he created Argo City. Um, mm-hmm. It's it looks like a chrysalis. It's like this very like crystalline chrysalis in mm-hmm. just like this you know inky darkness, basically, with these like weird like light things like orbiting around it is it like the shield i couldn't figure that out but there were these, these it little almost squares. like tw- twin suns or yeah. something like twin maybe it was artificial yeah, was think- suns even i don't know because it was it was cool it was, it was a cool effect all all around though i was thinking of the silmarillion because in in arda before before melkor visits arda like there is no sun and moon there's only two trees and they both illuminate the entire world and then one of melkor's original sins is he destroys those trees necessitating the creation of the sun and the moon so like this the idea of like this immortal land floating through the void in these two twin orbs of like of light it, it's just like very tolkien-esque which is kind of cool yeah and, uh, and that was all intentional i read in a book once <laughs> that that was intentional yes. <laughs> it, it was planned by himself <laughs> you know, it's funny i couldn't find anything like behind the scenes information about this film perhaps if you do buy me the blu-ray there'll, there'll be some <laughs> special features but oh, yes. i couldn't find anything online i was because i really was interested in like you know behind the scenes and the making of argo city even just the models mm-hmm. and uh, apparently the the opening credits like they spent a million dollars making the yes. opening credits alone fuck yes Apparently it was like real silver i don't like i don't fucking understand that at all that's insane yeah. that's, that's amazing yeah. that's that's brilliant that's a million fucking so dollars so out of yeah. out of four, out of what was it 35 million one of those whole million just to make the fucking yep. credit sequence but it's it is a cool yep. credit sequence we'll talk about that later um but yeah argo city is um where Kara Zorel is that her name? Kara Zorel. Yeah, Kara Zorel. Um, her mother, played by Mia Farrow, Alora Inzi, 
and then her father, who I think is named just Zor L. Like I, he that that's a weird looking guy. So weird. He looks he looks like a like a porcelain doll. He looked twelve. Yeah, he d- yeah, he, he looks like a little like this like little moppet man, <laughs> like with weird lips and nose, and just, <laughs> he looked alien. So like, yeah, kudos for right? the Kryptonian yeah, affect. Exactly. Down here. And, and Mia Farrow sometimes has that more like ethereal alien look to her. So I think that was good casting, mm-hmm. um, in general. Um, but we never see them again after like the first scene. That's it. Like, I don't know why right. Mia Farrow agreed to be in this movie. Like she's been in a ton of Woody Allen films by now. Like she's super famous. Uh, I mean, they could probably only get her for a day or something. Probably. And maybe she just wanted to be in a superhero movie. You know, I mean, that's yeah, gotta yeah. be why half these people are in this movie. Like, and like Peter O'Toole. <laughs> Comic book trivia, uh, Zor-El, um, Kara's father, he is he was the original identity of the character of the cyborg Superman. Huh. Um, of course, Hank Henshaw, who's the more famous iteration of that, who becomes the Yellow Lantern. Like He, he joins the Yellow Lanterns eventually, but he, he's, he's the one that comes, um, comes about after Superman's resurrection. But there is an original concept of, um, of Zor-El as the cyborg Superman character. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. So it'd be funny to see like this weirdo little... Like this, this like doll, doll child man yeah. being cyborg, cyborg Superman. And this fucking Fraggle, like becoming <laughs> Fraggle, half Fraggle man, half like puppet, like action figure instead of like a cyborg. Damn son, that is yeah. that is the sequel we all deserve, but we will never mm-hmm. see. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I just even the interior of Argo City was pretty cool, like super cool, um, very like webby constructs that peter O'Toole makes with his dildo wand oh my <laughs> god <laughs> so peter o'toole is like this crazed hippie intellectual like like the professor who smokes dope with you yeah. or something oh for sure um he he's wearing an ascot here yeah. which is really cool. <laughs> that's right <laughs> he has two artifacts he has this um this ball called the octahedron omegahedron omegahedron yeah. that's it yeah omegahedron um and it like spins in your hand and it's clearly like this thing that you wear on your hand like a ring and just like, right it, like it spins <laughs> yeah and it, it, it like the light flashes everywhere and he has this wand and you like push a button on it and it twists and turns it's it's a dildo <laughs> it really is yeah <laughs> so he has like this weird like disco ball in one hand and it's like spinning dildo yeah, in the other it's hand a dildo on like, a, on a i drill, can create basically. life yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah he like He's making this like crystalline construct that yeah. he calls a tree and he like makes it shimmer and then he gives the wand to Kara and she mm-hmm. she makes like a a bug. She makes like a yeah, dragonfly yeah. looking thing. Mm-hmm. Well, it was cool. Like she she traces the, the silhouette of a dragonfly on the floor and then she zaps it and it comes to life. Yeah. Yeah. Um and then that's kind of the inciting incident, um, yeah. you know, because uh, all utopias must end. Uh, the uh, the little dragonfly construct uh, zips through the the wall, the outer wall of Argo City, puncturing mm-hmm. um, this like cell construction, and um, the air starts escaping into the void. Um, of course, he can. What's his face can. Uh, um, Peter O'Toole Zaltar, Zaltar um, can quickly with his dildo wand, you know, uh, <laughs> repair this. Uh, yeah, he can the hole. Um, but the Omega Hedron flies out. out. 
yeah. and we learn that the omega hedron is like the main one of the main power sources of argo city yeah it it sustains them it it creates air for them to breathe and and protects them from the void of space um but yeah it gets sucked out and it gets it gets kind of like disposed on earth um so that prompts Kara to go find it because she had been Zaltar had been showing her the the spacecraft that he had been putting together to just like it's, he's like I want to go and take a vacation and like take a walk about like the galaxy yeah like that was his yeah. explanation but of course uh, Kara, Kara commandeers the spaceship to go save um, the Omega Hedron yeah it's the binary shoot is what it's called yes. Um, yes. it kind of looks like a ball pit inside of like a metallic flower more or yes. less. <laughs> Yes. Um, uh, and I was thinking um, in a sequel, in the potential sequel, in the comic book sequel that we'll write eventually, <laughs> um, the villain will be that that insects will come back Ooh, as the main villain. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, you give life to this thing, but, you know, you, you don't know what happens to it. You don't. This mis- misbegotten creation yeah. that has no purpose. And is, right. you know, it is the Frankenstein's monster of this of this exactly. film. Um, exactly. Uh, Zoltar's Zoltar's insect. <laughs> The binary shoot sequence is kind of cool. So she gets in this little ball and she goes through, they call it like inner space, I guess is like the pocket dimension that Argo city exists in. So she goes through inner space to get into outer space. So outer space is where we all live. Um, Mm. And it kind of, it's similar to um, the first Superman film from 1978 when he goes to the fortress of solitude and he sees the hologram of his father, uh, Jor-El. He, yep. He's given like um, basically instruction and and explanation of Earth, um, and it's and it speeds up. It's like when he's a teenager, and then it speeds up to him being an adult. But we just get this very uh, similar visuals. These kind of like lava lamp esque visuals. Yeah, very very trippy shit. Um, very surreal like almost like those um posters that you look at like the hidden images oh, posters yeah, yeah, or something yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah kind of like black light um posters from like mm-hmm. the 70s or 80s um yeah it's cool it's actually i was re-watching the fortress of solitude scene um this binary shoot scene the visuals are actually way cooler uh <laughs> nice <laughs> uh so nice. so take that all of you take that donner yeah, donner fans fuck off <laughs> Hot take, Richard Donner sucks, and uh, Richard Lester is way better. Anybody who wants to see the Donner cut of Superman 2 is dumb, because Richard Lester is a better director Damn. anyway. So, But Hell yeah. we'll talk about that more when we do our review of Superman 3, of course. Yes, yes, of course. Um, so yeah, Kara, Kara, she doesn't, and this was interesting too, she doesn't land on Earth, she emerges from the water. Yeah, that was interesting. So I guess she, that's where she, the pocket dimension is. It's on Earth. Or has a I, some kind of you know, uh, yeah. I I, I interpreted that as like time and space don't mean anything. Yeah. I mean, I mean they're they're immaterial in terms of like the the pocket dimension right. interacting with our dimension. Right. Um, that makes more sense. It's, but yeah, it's just, a just less literal the, read. <laughs> she lives in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, but that's thing. It's not an ocean. It's a lake. That's true. And it's like this Arthurian yeah. imagery of like a savior like being lifted up from like um the the center of like this this pure crystal lake and everything and um contrasting that with the imagery of like baby kal-el falling from the heavens um 
it's it's like the same thing but obviously it's mirror mirror it mirrors each other yeah. and um, that was just a cool um i mean of course i'm like kind of bringing i'm bringing more thought to it than like was put into it when they, <laughs> when they made this movie but i i liked it i like i like that idea i like that concept she like she emerges because she emerges fully formed like more of like an athena figure yeah more than like this this moses figure that um that that Kellel is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's interesting. I mean, there's more of um, those those instances of like Kara learning about Earth, you know, because mm-hmm. with Superman, as I as I described with the Fortress of Solitude scene in the original film, like he's basically uploaded all this information about Earth. Plus, he also lives right. on Earth. Like, you know, he he's raised by the Kent family, so they 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 instill their wisdom in him, and then you know his his alien space father, you know, instills more wisdom and then he becomes the fully formed Superman. Superman is human first and then he becomes Kryptonian. Right. Whereas uh, Supergirl is Kryptonian first and, and then, then she, she becomes, becomes human. human. Yeah. So it's a really interesting dynamic. Um, we have a, a plethora of scenes where Kara has to learn something, you know, right. human to, you know, like knocking on a door before you enter. Uh, you don't know what a tattoo is? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> there's there's some great hijinks, just like some teenage hijinks, because um, yes. so uh, Kara... Well, we'll, we'll, we'll get, we'll get there. there. We'll get there. Yeah. Uh, so Kara, at first, she touches down, and I, I, I should have figured out where it was, but um, I'm sure it's on IMDb. Folks, we'll put it in the show notes later. Um, sure. It it's, seems like a national park. Um, although I know they filmed a lot of this in Pinewood Studios in in England, so I, I wonder if this is also yeah. exteriors shots in England. I have no idea. Um, I mean, it looks like Eng- English countryside. Yeah, like I, I I could see that. Yeah, I think it is. So you know, it's I don't know if they have state parks there, but or national yep. parks or whatever. Um, no, they do. Yeah, they have they have they have a park service as well. Um, so, but it's yeah, it's very you know, majestic looking mountains and this gigantic lake. And she, she learns that she can fly. She jumps from like one rock to the other and she kind of levitates a little bit. And then we get this kind of ballet sequence, this like aerial ballet um, where they did real wire work. I mean, it's not CGI. It's not a green Mm -hmm. screen. They did like legit wire work with Helen Slater. Very, very wuxia style, like kind of flying and, and taking joy in flight. And, um, just like like this like this wholesome embrace of like oh i can do all this and she's she's learning her powers and everything yeah. and it was um, she crushes a rock and it turns into dust yep. um yep. and then she just flies and we get um a quite extended sequence of her flying that this was like that scene in man of steel where kal-el learns that he can fly but this is better yeah yeah because there's genuine joy in her face and like mm. she flies by like these horses that are galloping by and she it's it's like hey these things are neat and they're they're beautiful and they're elegant and she's flying around like next to them yeah. it was cool they really highlight the horses like she's with the horses for yes. maybe like 45 seconds like yes. i was watching this with my wife and she leaned over she's like supergirl's a horse girl <laughs> she is she totally is <laughs> she totally is and then later on we actually do see another instance of Supergirl loving horses, but we'll get there uh, when we get there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, I forget that bit, but we'll get there. Um, this is the point in the film where we're introduced to our main villain, um, Selena, Selena, played by Faye Dunaway. Incredible. Incredible performance. Um, right up there with 
her, her and Peter O'Toole are like the standouts of this film. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Selena is like this posh kind of like constantly baked, like dabbling in Wicca in Satan, Satan, Satanism magic. Yeah, um, yeah. kind of like lounge about, like, I don't like, I don't know what her deal right? is. Yeah. Cause they, they mention like, okay, so her and her companion, Bianca, um, yep. live in a carnival specifically it's fucking incredible the, the ghost it's, it's, train ride it's it's i just it's amazing folks I, just I love this shit so much. look it up like just stop listening to this podcast just like go, go look right it up now. right it's, now um so, she she literally lives in yeah like like the haunted mine ride yeah. at like your local at the closest amusement park down the street from you yeah um the majority of the set is black and white, actually. So it's like yep. the wallpaper is black and white. Um, you know, there's some some dabs of color here and there, like her potions and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has like a refrigerator and kitchen area tucked away yeah, to one side. Yeah, it, it's it's like a really fully formed space. Like they do a good job yeah. of showing like all the different aspects of this space um, that her and Bianca live in. But um, but we don't meet, we don't go there at first. We 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 see her having a picnic with her, kind of kind of um, put upon I, I guess like partner, yeah. temporary boyfriend yeah. Nigel, Nigel. who's Peter Cook, amazing. And he he's oh my god he he's like even an even more extreme of her version of her, just like the socialite who dabbles in like weird kooky seventies eighties mysticism, yeah. mm-hmm. um. He's like, oh, the the magic abilities that they're coming out in you, my dear. Come to my bedroom, and we shall we shall draw them out further. Kind of like lecherous weirdo British type thing. Yeah, no, it's incredible. He's kind of like a wannabe Alistair Crowley. Yes, exactly. Yeah, like Anton LaVey yeah. style. Yeah, sex cult <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> like, just, um, but yeah, so the 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 Omega Hedron just like drops yeah, next to them in their fucking soup in like the grossest looking like cheddar soup. And they, and they, they die for cover. Like one, one dies behind their car. One dies behind the, like a hill. Yeah. yeah. Like a rock or something. And they're actually, they're having a picnic on like a tiger skin rug. That was pretty yeah. great. <laughs> um, and they're, they're drawn to its magical powers. And, and what's interesting is the, um, when we're introduced to them, um, Nigel is at least we're told that he's the more competent magician. Right. Whereas um Selena's kind of more of a hanger on, but she grabs the Omega Hedron first and um it draws out her, her latent mystical powers and, and it boosts her abilities. Um as as evidenced when she's able to get in the car and start it without keys. Yeah, Nigel's like, Where are you gonna go? I have the keys and then she yep, just and she starts it. Starts it the magic yeah. and 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 this is the point where we hear um on the when when the car radio is on so we hear oh superman's away on a mission to another galaxy yeah a peacekeeping mission which is interesting because yeah. the next superman film superman 4 is called a quest for peace uh but it's about basically like nuclear proliferation how do you say that word yeah <laughs> <laughs> did you say nuke? Did you say nuclear? I don't even know at this point. Oh, I have no God. idea what words. I couldn't even say the word. Being able to say like, reevaluate in our bullshit <laughs> opening that we wrote together, and not being able to say uh, <laughs> the director's last name. Nuclear. Is that how you say nu- nuclear? Okay. I am not George W. Yeah. Bush, folks. I am not his friend. I would not sit at. I am not Ellen. Again. I am not friends with George W. Bush. <laughs> um, yeah. So. I mean the the fourth film, Quest for Peace, 
is about right. disarmament basically and like this the main villain right. is called nuclear man right um he's yeah he's like the blonde yeah guy the blonde guy him. super boring yeah. it's it's an unwatchable film i i i don't know that's going to be like a double triple challenge mode if we ever do that one but it'd been really mm-hmm. cool if instead of that like a quest for peace meant we're following up with Superman on his intergalactic quest for peace. Like he just goes to all these different fucking planets yeah. and like sees yep. where these weird fucking like inhuman alien monsters yes. that don't look humanoid they, at all. Th- this is not an original thought of mine. Um, it's something I've seen online kind of thrown about and, and the, but it is something I would love to see like a Superman movie that barely, if at all takes place on earth. Yeah. Just like completely in space, he like like you were saying, just completely non-human, non-bilateral symmetry aliens, right. like just just like do, doing Superman, but in space, and um, maybe all of Earth kind of acts as his fortress of solitude. Sure, like like when he needs to retreat or when he needs to like take a break or whatever, he he goes to like I don't know like Death Valley and on Earth, right. or just like all all of Earth is his yeah. sanctuary, or he just goes back to Kansas um, and like works on the you know the Kent family farm you know yeah um yeah i mean it's it's a real bummer that instead they just like created a bullshit antagonist who basically has superman's powers but is powered by his atomic energy yeah it fucking bullshit um although he does have cool claws he does have like these claws that can affect superman i don't interesting that kind of that that. was the only cool cool. thing yeah yeah like this weird feral manifestation Mm -hmm. of um of, of of evil nuclear energy. Yeah. That's the only cool part yeah. by the movie's garbage. Um yeah. back to the good movie. Uh which isn't garbage. Which is not garbage, <laughs> folks. We promise. Yeah, so um, what happens next is this Supergirl goes to the boarding school. Yeah. So we, we get a cool scene of or a cool little throwaway scene of Supergirl just sleeping on the ground in the woods, which oh, I Oh yeah, the fucking bunny. Because like if if you were a Kryptonian on Earth, you would sleep anywhere, just like in a cool spot, because like nothing can harm you, right. nothing can wake you up. Yep. Like ticks don't bother you. You just like sleep on the ground in like the middle of nowhere. That'd be fun. Yeah, you wouldn't um, have to worry about getting like a, a mammal protein uh, allergy if a Lone Star tick bit you. Like, yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, so she wakes up and in, in the woods, and she happens to have slept next to um, a a school, a boarding school. Because she's looking, she's looking for the Omega Hedron, right? And um, she has this cool little bracelet that like just beeps and lights up when she's close or in the general vicinity or pointed in the right direction, yeah. I guess, of the Omega Hedron. Yeah, she has that thing, but she, I guess, she's like taking a break. And and this is the only part of the movie that didn't really work for me. Like, she she goes to the school. Um, she she kind of bluffs her way in, and she and she enrolls in the school. And I get that, like, they wanted to establish her human side, but it, it it feels really purposeless, like, why she would just do that kind of apropos of nothing. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's, I guess it benefits from not being explained, really. She just, like, yeah, does it, true. you that know, like, it's, she yeah. doesn't yeah. give a justification, that's you know, a diegetic maybe justification. She's yeah, maybe she's lonely. Maybe, like, she has some kind of sensory ESP for someone in the Lane family uh, because yes. when she meets, she meets Lucy Lane, who is Lois Lane's uh, younger sister. Um, and, and really quick, before she meets, before she, um, meets her, um, the way she 
bluffs her way into school. Yes. She knocks on the principal's office. She no, doesn't. No, she walks knock. into she the principal's office. Right in. Um, and the principal's like freaking out. He has like this little character bit. He's like, the, the teachers aren't going to get to me. I'm, I'm, I'm master of the school. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Um, and so Carol walks in um, and he's like, haven't you heard of knocking? So she turns around, <laughs> walks yeah. out, shuts the door, knocks on it, and then walks in. It, It's the little comedic beats like that in this movie are genuinely funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, it was really funny in the way they just played it off and like didn't linger on it. Like the casualness of it was very good. No, definitely. And, um, you know, the principal role could just be some totally throwaway role, but, um, David Healy who plays him just like kind of choose the scenery, but in the best possible oh, yeah. way, um, yeah. every line is just hilarious. Like, um, he he goes out of the room for a second and Kara like you know just drafts up this uh, fake letter from her co- cousin Clark um and he comes back in he's like oh uh she's like the, the reference letter you just mentioned it should be under K for Kent he looks at it and he's like oh please allow my cousin uh what's her name what does she say her name Linda Lee uh Linda Lee because and this was unfortunate. She she looks at the yeah, wall she and she sees a, like a, a historical poster a of Robert, Robert Lee. E. Lee. <laughs> that was yes. unfortunate. Um, but then he keeps reading the the paper out loud, and he's like, "Oh, she's an orphan." He's like, "An orphan? Don't don't expect like special treatment." <laughs> and he just has little lines like that. Like he he walks her to her room where she boards with. Re- really quick before we get to that part, this was another good thing. Um, this movie does super well, <laughs> super well. Uh, um, all the depictions of the Kryptonian powers are very creative and like non-combat oriented for yeah. the most part. Because mm-hmm. um, like he he has to walk out into the hallway because like a student asks him a question, and so so Kara uses her super speed to type a letter on his typewriter to forge a letter, um, hide it in his files, and then return to where she had been standing. Yeah, like in a um, few seconds. And, and I I can't think of like another superhero movie where super speed is depicted to do something like quite so utilitarian mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, and, and when he walks in, so he's like, Whoa, so where are your credentials? And she's like, Oh, it, it's in your file somewhere. I'm sure, I'm sure it was mailed here. And so when he looks, he finds it and he was, he's able to see the letter she just typed up. It, it was really cool. Yeah. It's just those small little throwaway gags that this film does really well. Um, so yeah, then he walks her over uh, through the boarding school. Like he even they even go through like I think the locker room at one point. Yes, and they're like, "Oh my God, it's a man! It's the principal! Oh no!" No, that that's when they man on the floor. That's when they get to the dorm. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. It's the, the dorm, right, right, yeah. right. It's not it's not a locker room. That would be kind of gross, actually, if he just walked into a locker room. Yeah, yeah. unnecessary. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so she she meets she meets uh, Lucy Lane, and they they become friends. Um. And, and this is the the obligatory uh, Christopher Reeves uh, appearance. He, he's he's a poster on on the dorm room wall. Yeah, it kind of meanders a bit from here. The movie, it's yeah. it's like classroom hijinks. Um, they we do cut back to Selena's lair and like she's hosting like I interpreted it as like a satanic orgy or something <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like the, 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 the pre-party to like an orgy or something. 
um, because it's all these weirdos and they're all getting drunk and they're all like riding on the ride yeah. that she lives in. Yeah, we see the actual train ride go through <laughs> exactly, her, yeah. her apartment or her house, whatever you want to call it, a few times. Bianca uses it later as well. Yep. It's pretty great. Yep. Just a great little addition. But at, at that point where she, she's still trying to figure out the Omega Hedron and, um, and Nigel shows up, but he, he, he's thrown out because like he, he's so desperate. He wants to get back to back with her. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Like I, I got like a lot of like a, a new agey vibe from like yeah. her and Nigel and like the party guests, you know, like this is right around the time or even it's a little late, a little late for new age. Cause I guess new age is probably like what? Seventies. Sure. Late yeah. 70s, late seventies, yeah. early eighties. Um, like you know, witchy witchy stuff is like kind of come back into favor, and like it's just all these right, like, like you know, well dressed people who are like you know ostensibly into the supernatural. Um, I just like I was thinking it's just like Anton Lavey kind of style like cocktail parties or whatever. Yeah. and it just it just seemed like it was like her 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 means the way she like pays the bills because she does mention like paying like a landlord and paying the water bill right. would be like some kind of like ponzi scheme basically where it's like oh i have to you know show these people how to do magic uh for mm-hmm. a nominal fee or i have to give them salt crystals like that would be like today's version is like she sells like yes. himalayan salt crystals to her friends <laughs> yeah it's just very 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 interesting choice for like the personality of the villain and and, and her hangers on both of them um yeah and after after this point i guess like Oh, we're also introduced to Ethan. Yeah. He's uh, yeah. not not Tom Cruise. No, no, not Ethan Hunt, unfortunately. That's what I was thinking, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's just um he's like a groundskeeper at the at the boarding school. Mm-hmm. Um he's super boring. He he gets knocked out like three or four yeah. times <laughs> in this movie. Or mind controlled or something. Uh yeah. Selena well actually Bianca sees him first. She's like, Oh, what a hunk um yep. while he's like it's this is a weird detail too like he's cutting a limb of a tree and then he's putting like some kind of like paste on it so like the tree heals and it's just like right. it's just a weird detail i don't know and yes. i just like picked up and i was like what like maybe that guy was uh, he's doing yeah, maybe he was a groundskeeper like that actor before he became an actor <laughs> maybe he was in the lawn care yes. business um he also he also mentions the acidity of the soil at one yeah, point. Yeah, that's right. When he goes to Selena's house, yeah. So Selena falls yep. in love with him. She's like, "Oh, he he'll be mine. I'll make a love potion." So she goes home, makes a love potion, which is pretty cool. Like she gets a, a spider and she puts it in like a walnut, like the walnut shell, and then she throws that in a cauldron. Um, and he he comes over. They talk about soil acidity. Um, she tries to seduce him with um, Schlitz yes. malt liquor. Yeah, that was incredible. But then she pours a love potion into the his 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 can, can and then he passes out. Oh god, this, this is so weird. He he like wanders away. Yeah, he just like he he like wanders away because Nigel comes and tries to um, get back with Selena. But while Selena is is telling him to leave, Ethan literally stumbles through like the the haunted house portion of her hideout. And just like wanders into town. Yeah, and it's supposed to be that. So once he, the next person he sets eyes on, that's the person he'll fall in love with. So it was supposed to be a controlled environment. It was supposed to just be in her hideout. She, he was supposed to open his eyes and see Selena. That's it. 
but he wanders out into town. Um, is it Midvale? Is that the town name? I think. Yeah, Midvale or. It's town. it's like Chicago. I mean, it is Illinois, um, and you see the yeah, Sears it's, it's, Tower it's, a lot in some of the shots. Yeah, because um, and that, that was an interesting choice because like Superman traditionally is in Metropolis, which which tradition which canonically is somewhere in New Jersey. Yeah. Um, whereas Supergirl is more in the mid Midwest kind of area. Um, there, there's just like a nice change of pace, I guess, for the Superman stories. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Ethan wanders into town and he's kind of like dr- wandering about in a drunk, like a stupor. Um, and then Kara had, who had been searching around Chicago actually, cause she does some, she does some flybys mm. of the city looking for the Omegahedron. Um, she's taking a break and she's having lunch with Lucy and Jimmy Olsen yep. at a Popeye's. Yeah. Old school Popeye's. Popeyes. Um, but it was like more of a sit down restaurant. It seemed like, yes. Um, they're, they're just eating. And then Ethan is wandering through the streets and then Selena takes control of, um, a backhoe construction, yeah. um, vehicle. And she's like, Oh, shadow power. I call upon the, and um, it's the the backhoe very slowly starts chasing Ethan and like gobbles him yeah. up in the in the front. Starts like uh, just digger. wreaking havoc on this small portion of the city. Um, and actually, it's an excavator. Uh, it's actually the the True. Poke Lane ninety P excavator. Uh, well, excuse it's me. A, it's <laughs> actually a French uh, made machine. Uh, mm. Thank you, Internet Movie Car Database. Uh. <laughs> Excellent. Yes, the French come through again. Um, but yeah, so so Lucy Lane, she she tries. Of course, everyone just thinks that the the machine's like running or just like out of control or whatever. So she jumps in. She jumps into the driver's seat and tries to turn it off, but she gets knocked out too. Of course, and then Kara has to save both of them, and she does. Yeah, she stops it. Um, there's like a tire fire at one point as well, and she just like this mm-hmm. was kind of selfish though. At the same time, like she just like pokes a hole through the water tower which i would assume yes. is like you know a functioning water tower <laughs> yes. to put up yes. this the the fire yeah it's like i don't know maybe do something else that doesn't destroy de- deplete she's new. This, she's the new. water she's source it's, yeah it's the it's the it's the man of steel excuse that nurse came up with for why he killed like a million people in that movie he's right. new he's he has no experience <laughs> he's, he's still getting used to it forgive um, me father yeah, so <laughs> ethan ethan falls in love with her because she's the first one that he sees clearly or something. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Which is weird. Like he's stumbling through the city and he definitely has his eyes open for some of it. But uh, the first person he sees is, is Linda Lee, not Supergirl, but her alter ego. And actually while we're on this, while we're on this topic, this is an important thing. This movie does really well. Um, One of the things that I like that I really, I I like about Superman as a character is um, as opposed to most superheroes who have the hero identity and the civilian identity, um, Superman has three because he has uh, the Kryptonian, the human, and Superman. Whereas someone like Batman is just like Batman in, in the human. Right. Um, and this movie captures the kind of the tri division of Superman better than most Superman movies do. Um, certainly better than Man of Steel. That's my main reference here. But like um, Kara is fully developed as as like the Kryptonian alien immigrant figure. Um, Supergirl is well developed as like the hero figure, and Linda is like a, is like a human too, and, and is her own separate entity. So like um, 
I don't know. I, I It's interesting that this movie depicts all three of them more fleshed out than most crappy comic book movies do when they only have to do with like deal with two separate identities here. Yeah, no, I think they do it really well. They they juggle that well. Um, I've always appreciated like the Superman and Super Family um, version of the immigrant story because, yep. um, you know, it, that's not new. We all know it's, you know, very much an immigrant story. Um, what, are, what are their names? Um, Joel um, Schuster. Joel Schuster and Jerry, Jerry Siegel. Siegel were immigrants, um, Jewish immigrants. Um they or at least their parents were so you know very much that informed the the story of superman um but it's also interesting and very progressive of basically almost every iteration of superman i can think of is that he he makes space and and so does kara and you know superboy and all of them they make space for their kryptonian identity and their Mm -hmm. human identity so very much yes you know what we always hear and i've heard it from my family as you know i'm like a third fourth generation italian immigrant you always hear like oh we got to america and we had to assimilate you know the idea of assimilation was really key for certain immigrant populations um and and of certain generations but the, the story of superman is the story of being able to assimilate of course but also hold on to your original culture and that's that's the strength of the of the um the metaphor for the the triple identity there because like unlike someone like batman who is just just bruce wayne and just batman so like it's just like this binary division right. um superman is, is a in supergirl are our tri-divisions because they have the the um their original culture kryptonian they have their civilian culture their everyday culture the, the human but they have the synthesis of those two things the the super people which is um the the best representation of both the human and both the kryptonian um and all three it just anything that's not a binary division of character, I always find really interesting, and um, in that in that that synthesis of those two forces, um, I think acts as a very potent metaphor for kind of the the newly forged um identity of immigrants in in this country anyway. Definitely, no, I think it's um one of the best representations, the most progressive representation of that, um, which is why Superman is the most progressive and amazing uh, comic book character. Uh, Batman's dumb. Sorry, folks. Um, um <laughs> I knew see Joker. See Joker get jo- back to okay, me. <laughs> I will. Um Google Joker, friends. But yeah, so uh, back to Supergirl. Um What happens after this? Like they sh- she Oh, she has the fight with Selena. Yes. And is that when there's also the um She also six the shadow demon, the that happens invisible after. shadow that happens after. demon though. Is that happen after? The first thing is Supergirl confront goes to confront Selena at the carnival, right? At the carnival, right. but then Ethan catches up with her, yes. And they they try to have like a little date, and they they try to ride one of the rides, but then Ethan gets knocked out because Selena comes out and like confronts them, right? Yeah, and Supergirl doesn't know that it's Selena's hideout yet. Her her bracelet's just going crazy, so she's kind of going in that direction. And Selena, who has been empowered by the Omega Hedron, is able to confront Kara and like try to attack her with spells and try to put Ethan in danger using her spells. Um, <laughs> she puts him in the bumper car, <laughs> <laughs> like in that in she that puts pen, the bumper car. I don't know in, what you would call the bumper car ride, but uh, yeah, she doesn't put him in a bumper car, but just in that like pen, on the floor, on the floor. Of the bumper car, and, and she tries to crush him with the the football themed bumper yes. cars. 
they're incredible. I think yep. judging from like the aesthetics, I think they were actual like American football teams. I think I mm-hmm. I recognized a few like logos and colors. I mean, they're indistinguishable from Tom Brady. So, <laughs> hey, New England sports. That's my one reference hey, that, I, that I know. Big lunkhead. Um, hey, but this this was interesting because at one point, um, she's doing like this mirror dance around supergirl like this illusion she like oh yeah that was cool like like this delayed visual illusion so it seems like there's like dozens of her surrounding supergirl um and bianca says something like oh you're 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 getting like a lot more powerful like like this is crazy that you can do this like like she she's impressed at selena's power um in in this movie kind of thematically matches joker in that regard because <laughs> I, I shit you not because like Joker, arguably, what one of the main one of the main threads threads of Joker is this insecure man gaining supervillain confidence. Gotcha, and that's what Selena's arc here is. Yeah, like she, she's like true. this kind of this socialite layabout who who just does nothing all day and kind of has this half-assed interest in magic, but she gains her supervillain confidence and she gains this like incredible demonic swagger. Um, because there's someone to oppose her. Um, but of course, I mean, Supergirl, e- even though, even though that's cool, Supergirl beats her. She, um, she throws iron rods at her. Yeah. At and she kind of creates and a she, little she, cage she, around her. Yeah. That, that was kind of yeah, cool. Yeah. That was funny. And then like <laughs> when she flies off, Bianca back at the carnival, like says to her like, Oh, you want me to get like a saw? <laughs> but then Selena's able to just make the the bars like kind of fall away like limp. Yeah, they just kind like, of bend. Spell. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, very great. Great yeah. practical effects just overall. Um, you know, oh, yeah. in the excavator yeah. scene, in this scene, uh, in upcoming scenes, just some really cool practical effects. Um, but the best visual of this whole movie is Kara flying while holding the yes. the bumper yes. car, the football themed bumper car. Uh, with Ethan inside of it while she goes flying past the exact same vistas we've seen earlier in the film mm-hmm. um, you know the the plains and the mountains and and just the cloud you know the stratosphere and just here she is holding this gigantic fucking football themed bumper car with her with these goofy cartoon football <laughs> player characters on the front and back um, but yeah, she takes Ethan really far away. I think like she wants to keep him keep him yeah. safe from Selena. It seems like the same um, like park, like the same secluded yeah, wooded yeah. area that she emerged from that she brings him to. Yeah, and then Selena summons a rock to drop out of the sky and knock him yeah. out. It's a coconut. <laughs> it's because yes, she breaks it breaks open and then like she breaks it open. Yeah, Cara, like yeah, it spoon feeds like hand feeds Ethan some coconut. <laughs> It's so it's weird, so but it's it's so wonderful. I I love this shit. It's 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 weird, but it's great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, their romance is dumb, but I, they sell the scenes together, though. I don't know, like right. so, somehow. <laughs> yeah, he he he's such a he's such a doofus like himbo. He just has like nothing going yeah, on. Yeah, he really no, he doesn't at all. But Helen Slater's uh, great. It's funny, you know. It, yes, no, she she's good. Her career didn't die she, after this either. Like, I mean, she no. went on to do other films. Um, and in some way, she still is connected to the Superman mythos, as we right. were talking about right. at the beginning. Yeah. So, kudos, good for her. And um, Selena is able to to zap Ethan back to her uh, hideout using transportation magic. Um, Kara just goes back to the school, and she she 
tries to go to sleep but the, and then this is when the invisible demon attacks. okay this is the invisible demon gotcha and in this this is kind of like a a sci-fi classic like in the in like early I'm, I'm thinking like early 50s like you know lost in space or like tales from the dark side style right. or like outer limits mm. tv shows like an invisible monster yeah is a very budget-friendly way to show yep. a big monster. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, Leslie Nielsen, one of his first serious movies um, was Forbidden Planet. Um, yes. The uh, yes. sci-fi movie where I think Robbie the Robot uh, first originates from. Yep. And uh, yep. it is a monster um, formed from the astronaut's id, actually, that we only see at the end, um, and it's animated, but throughout it's invisible. And there's a there's a Johnny Quest episode, one of, like a classic one that I really like. They they fight an invisible monster, and in order to see it, they throw paint on it. Ah, uh, gotcha. And um, again, it's an it's a, it's an easy way to save on animation costs yeah. up until they actually do reveal it. Right. Uh, and, w- and when they do reveal it, because this is super cool, um, to defeat it, she grabs a metal rod and she flies up into the stormy yes. sky, and lightning strikes the rod, and you can tell it's like hurting her, but she like still carries on. Yeah. And, the, and then she flies back down and she uses the electrical energy stored in it to zap the monster. Yeah. And we see it because when it's it's lit up, we kind of, it's kind of like this demon. You can see it's a really cool. It, yeah. Then it just kind of flies away more or less. It made, it made me think um, another Lord of the Rings thing um, when Gandalf is fed in the Balrog and the lightning strikes his sword. Yeah. Yeah. And then he stabs <laughs> the Balrog. This is the, all the, intentional. I swear. The wrath of the Valar. Yeah. It's <laughs> No, but it's a great scene. I mean, just the practical effects of, you know, this mm-hmm. this monster stomping through the city, th- through the woods. In, in, vis- in visually, thematically, um, stomping through Ethan's groundskeeping. That's right. Yeah, that's true. Stomping all over his handiwork because Selena cares more about him as an object rather than as a as an autonomous person. Yeah, it does um, destroy his soil that uh, perfectly mm-hmm. acidic soil um, is, <laughs> is upturned. Um, yep. And a, what we can imagine he created the little retaining wall on the side of that hill is destroyed. Mm-hmm. Maybe even that's his mm-hmm. car. Uh, the monster steps on a car and destroys it. Could be the monster. No, no, he, he, no, he has, oh, a, he truck. has a truck. That's right. It's not his. And it's filled with plants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the monster also destroys the A and W root beer vending machine, that's mm-hmm. at the boarding school. Um, mm-hmm. um, and Antifa Adbusters monster. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so the the monster is destroyed, and and I think this is the same demon that shows up. At the I end. would assume so. Yeah, it's yeah, it must the be shadow demon. I um, think is what it's called. Um, it's it's definitely not Mister Mix Mixix Spitalik. Mixius Pitlick. I don't know how to say it it's backwards, though, so I can't actually banish him back to the fourth dimension, unfortunately. Click spixism or whatever. There you, you go. Um, but it's, it's it's not him. But like um, in in one of the famous Alan Moore Superman stories, um, not for the man who has everything. Um, it's it's like the last canonical Superman story before they rebooted his series. Alan Moore got to okay. write it. In 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 that one, Mister Mixexplodelic. Um, he reveals himself as his true form, like this fifth dimensional imp beast. And like, um, and one of the, one of the interesting aspects is like Superman can't really look at it without hurting himself. Cause like it, it defies the laws of nature right. and, and like the laws of like time yeah. and space. Um, so I, I thought that was like in, in, in my own interpretation that this was kind of a cool version of that. Yeah. I could see that, you know, I mean, 
we can assume with all the talk of, you know, inner and outer dimensional stuff that this monster just comes from another dimension as well. So, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. It's it's called um Whatever Happened to the Man of Tomorrow. Gotcha. Really mm-hmm. really good story. Everyone everyone go, go read, read it. it, folks. So after Kara defeats the invisible demon, um Selena had convinced Nigel to come help her cast spells. Yes. Um because she's like I'll I'll be with you if if you help me summon a mountain fortress castle. Um and he does so, but then she immediately she like ages him yeah. and she imprisons him, and um, their magic had literally created a giant mountain in the center of town with a cool castle fortress on top, um, and also it comes with a bunch of like fashy police guards. I don't know if they're supposed to be like magical creatures or whatever. Well, no, she says something later. She was like, we have to, she wants to take over the world. I mean, you know, she has just right. that kind of illusion of right. grandeur that she could be queen of the world or whatever. And she says something yeah. like, oh, we have to do what we did here. We have to go for the police first and then the military. So I think like she mind controlled the police. So they're the sure. actual police of that town. Although like they look very like sci-fi you know 1984 type you know uh just the faceless goons like they have helmets on they they look like the um the stormtroopers from Spaceballs. yeah (laughs) that's true they do (laughs) um but yeah she has this cool like power rangers villain mountain fortress in the center of town almost almost like gargoyles remember that cartoon um Mm -hmm. in david xanatos's he has the castle on top of his tower that's what i thought yeah no it's it's Um, a pretty evocative image um and like just comes out of nowhere like you know diegetically and even like for me as the audience member i was like what the fuck this is so cool literally out of nowhere yeah um and then and then she drives around town in a car yeah Um, like an old school like cadillac from like the 30s with bianca next to her and with um ethan mind controlled in a leisure suit next to her and with Nigel chained yeah. up on the back bumper. Yeah. On the rumble like, seat. Literally like chained up. It's incredible. It's amazing. <laughs> um and of course, uh we, we have Jimmy Olsen and and um Lucy. Um they're protesting her and they're oh, yeah. signs are like down with yeah, Selena, her sign up with freedom. Yeah, her sign says like G dorm, like the dorm at her school, like hates Selena or like is against Selena yes. or something like that. Um, and real quick, the uh, the car is a Rolls Royce Phantom One. Uh, again, thank you, Phantom Zone oh, One. Oh, that's probably intentional. Thank you, Internet Movie Car Database, our sponsor of this episode. <laughs> Hell yeah! But yeah, no, that that was just like that sequence is incredible. Like the castle, and then the cops, the Rolls Royce, the protesters. Like it just the the cops, the cops are booking someone. Like they're shoving him into the cruiser. And, and and the guy the guy literally says like hey you can't arrest me without a warrant <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty bizarre um yeah and then this is when Kara comes to the castle to confront Selena well Selena, Selena captures Jimmy and Lucy right yeah um and, and imprisons Jimmy Lucy and Nigel in like this was super fucking cool there's so much there's cool so shit much in this cool movie. like design these this. suspended cages yeah, they're like globes but they're like balls yeah. that are like connected to each yeah. other like like six foot diameter like iron mm-hmm. balls that are hanging like chandeliers yeah very, very medieval looking like a lot of the interior was like kind of this new agey you know medieval look to it and this really metal like um satanic statue yeah so that's actually like, like really interesting that statue 
it starts out as just like a, like a demon goat heads like oh and that was it well really really quick really quick i'm thinking of there's two different ones there's like the marble one that's just like ornamental but then there's the actual um like totem that she has yeah yeah that's what i was thinking where's the where's the other statue it's like on top of an arch and it oh, almost crushes yes. Kara during the mm-hmm. final fight. It, yeah. it literally looks like like the satanic statue that they tried to put up in, in some city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It yeah. looks like Baphomet, except... Baphomet, not, yeah, or Beelzebub. Yeah, but or not the head, though. The head itself looks more like the actual shadow demon's head, but it's kind of like yes. the body of Baphomet with the wings. But like this... Yeah, but that, that one's purely decorative, but the, the one you're thinking of is like a plot. Yeah, the... the, the coffer of shadows um yeah it's is really cool so it starts out as kind of just like the shadow demon's head is kind of like mm-hmm. more like kind of like a, a goat skull kind of yeah um yeah kind of like gilded yeah almost. gilded goat skull little coffer she just puts the omega hedron in it and she hides it away in the oh, beginning oh. this is so good um at one point um at one point, they mentioned that it's made of lead. That's right. Which, which famously Superman, Superman can't, can't see through. through. It, it's like an important element to the Superman. That's right. Oh, my, this movie's fucking I heard, amazing. Yeah, I, that was one of those throwaway lines you don't even think about. You're like, yeah. oh, she could find this so easily if she used, but haha, she cannot. No, she can't. X-ray vision, so incredible, good. folks. Um, yeah, so the coffer of shadows <laughs> like grows, like it it gets a body yes. and then it gets legs, and it's like you know maybe four feet tall where it was just like you know maybe mm-hmm. this like little six inch just like you know jewel case more or less yep um very no very cool very mythic artifacts kind of thing. yeah uh but but then this is where Kara is captured and she's thrown into the phantom zone um because uh ethan's uses bait but she walks into an invisible wall and um in in the classic uh donner superman style right um she she's she's kind of put into this like this this like micron thin sheet of glass or whatever and it's cast off into space yeah because uh, yeah she goes to the phantom mm-hmm. zone yeah she goes to the phantom zone um yeah it's the exact same imagery that we see in the first and second superman films where um zod and his two cronies yes. are thrown into the phantom zone although we don't get much of the phantom zone in those films i don't think at all we don't actually really see yeah it. no but here we do we have um and it's super cool because um it's very hellish it's like this like mordor looking like blast like blasted by radiation and, and lightning and shit um but it's not quite like the the judeo-christian version of hell it seems more like um like tartarus from ancient greece or or almost like um sheol from like um like jewish mysticism it's like this like desolate area we are not actually punished by hellfire um the idea is like isolation is its own punishment and it's like this wasteland where um we're being apart from from other people or from god is 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 worse than actually this devil figure tormenting you so it's the opposite of the Tartarus pit from Age of Mythology, which actually brings you closer together. Uh, of course, closer to your enemy, yes. so you can fuck yes. them up. Yes, but uh, <laughs> the the god power Tartarus pit from Age of Mythology, yeah, folks, great game. <laughs> and like I said earlier, you know this was filmed at Pinewood Studios in England, so they they make the best use of this you know gigantic fucking studio, this gigantic you know set 
construction. I mean, everything is constructed from, you know, sky to to ground is, is this this hell dimension. And even, even the stuff that she falls into, like it would be so hacky and rote to do like, oh, lava and ash and rock and it's whatever. But like the liquid that she falls into, it's like the slime. It's cold and it's deep and it's dark. It's it's not it's not burning. It, it it's not like health. Like 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 I keep harping on the hellfire thing, but just because that's such that's such cliched imagery. But they avoid that for for whatever reason. They avoid it. Um, it it's like this. It's literal. It like sucks you into it and it holds you there. Yeah, it's funny. She kind of just like goes to sleep in it as well. She's like, yeah. so I'm gonna take a nap. Well, here. I, I I imagine she passed right. out. Or yeah, something. yeah. I mean, it's, maybe it sucks your energy or something. But I just thought it was kind of a funny image. Like she's like being sucked into this like sludge, but it doesn't like. You know, she doesn't sink all the way. Like, it doesn't overtake her. Like, she's just, like, right. kind of just chilling. And then she just wakes yeah. up. Um, well, she gets saved she by get, uh, yeah, Zoltar. She gets saved, that's right. She gets saved by Zoltar, um, who, because of his transgressions of stealing the Omega Hadron and then losing it, um, he even yep. mentions, like, in the beginning of the film, he's like, oh, they're going to send me to the Phantom Zone. And they do. They send Zoltar yep. to the Phantom Zone. Um and he's kind of like drunk. He just like drinks this weird liquid out of this like little spritzer vase. He vapes the the <laughs> Phantom Zone slime. That's what he yeah, does all he's day. Got these, he's got the Phantom Zone uh, TM jewel pods. Yes. Um, you, but of course they they escape. They they put well, together a plan to this escape. This is where the horses come in again. Uh, he created like a horse statue. Do you remember that? Right. And he's yes. And that's yes. how yes, 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 yes. Kara convinces him to try and escape. Yes. She's like, "Well, look, you create this horse statue. You obviously care about life. Like you care about life outside of the Phantom Zone. Because previously he had talked about trees on Earth when he was constructing yep. this artistic version of a tree. So you know he's yep. uh, he's still like constructing stuff while he's in the Phantom Zone. He hasn't given up on life. So Kara's like, "Come on, let's get the fuck out of here." Uh, and of course, that horse is a reference um, to his role in Man of La Mancha and Don Quixote. <laughs> that, that, that is his Rocinante figure. Yes, that he's oh, yeah. <laughs> the 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 impossible the impossible dream of freedom from the Phantom Zone. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, they're just they um they're like climbing out of the, the Phantom yeah, this, Zone. I'm not exactly sure how you would escape the Phantom um, Zone in the first place, but. What what's the phrase? He he says some Zoltar says something. He says like accept your fear and pass through the maelstrom right. or something. Yeah. Um and again that, that strengthens that idea of the Phantom Zone as the 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 only true imprisonment of the Phantom Zone is the ego. It's the idea that you need to punish yourself. Because if you can accept that fear of isolation and pass through the, the maelstrom of the Phantom Zone, um, you can just leave. Which is what Kara does, of course. She 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 escapes, um, but all she, all she needs to do is just like choose to do it and choose not to be, to choose not to punish herself for her perceived mistakes, which I which is my favorite interpretation of the Phantom Zone concept, um, and it could, because that's how Zoltar is able to almost escape too. Right, he's able to he's able to uh, forgive himself and accept his. Um, accept his perceived uh sins and help someone else escape um but yeah just just 
very uh, spiritually resonant depiction of this of this hack sci-fi concept. Yeah, and it's strange because I can't even remember how Zod and his cronies escape the Phantom Zone in Superman Two. Like I don't. Whatever it is, it's not as good yeah. as this. And um, crucially, uh, Selena tries to cast a storm spell um, to to bolster the maelstrom, uh, which she does, and it it swallows up Zoltar, and he do- he is. A- eliminated or eradicated or something yeah but um his sacrifice lets kara escape mm. which she does oh and this is probably the funniest fucking part of this movie i i i was literally cracking up oh yeah out loud harder than i have in a, <laughs> a movie by myself in a long time um when selena's casting her spell and energizing the phantom zone s- storm um there's a we, we see the storm and then there's a quick cut back to selena's hideout and even though the focus is on selena in the background, Ethan is just chomping down on popcorn, yeah. <laughs> watching this in, in the magic mirror like a fucking movie. And um, the fact that it's like so casual in the background just made it so much funnier. It's amazing. And like Bianca tries to yeah. steal some popcorn, <laughs> he, like, but he like he, he like shoves her, her away. Yeah. <laughs> he's, wear, he's wearing this like 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 burgundy yeah. leisure suit yeah. too. It's, it's just great. Um, it's amazing. Just incredible details overall. Um, and again, like not necessary, right? Like there's no reason for this Ethan character to have any bits of characterization, even while he's like this, you know, uh, brainwashed zombie character. But I, I don't know. I, it's, it, um, it really does speak to the, um, the strengths of this film that he becomes a, he becomes a husbando for (laughs) Selena. Like, you know how, you know how there's the waifu for like otakus, (laughs) like they, he becomes a love pillow for he some. really does um yeah and then so car escapes the phantom zone mm-hmm. and um selena finally uh summons the the demon in its full force well, first she casts a couple of spells and they're really cool like um fire spikes come up out of the floor oh yes and she starts to drop the cage mm-hmm. on them but then carrie uses her super breath to turn them into ice and to shatter them and then she casts another spell and like the the floor tiles collapse but there's like lava light beneath right. it it's super cool all, all the spells in this like that she casts are cool they're very um they walk that fine line like they're not totally like D game mechanic right. spells but they're also not totally just like symbolic like wild primordial magic it's it's like a nice balance of those two things that like they they can harm the hero but they're not strictly just like like science by any other name it actually feels like magic and again just the magic versus this more sci-fi concept is something that we've seen in comic books of course you know there's always superman versus shazam that's the usual uh, sci-fi versus magic and um traditionally the superhero superman or the super family is is somewhat vulnerable um to magic mm-hmm. now they really don't they could have that's where i wish they went further in this film is the the more like vulnerability to magic um well i mean selena is presented as a legitimate threat to super she's a formidable foe i mean that is true and um the the demon itself the shadow demon that selena summons um which she does here again and it's it's um it, it's like you you can actually see it it's like full fully visible at this point um there's like smoke emanating from it and there's lights behind it and it looks really cool um 
because she she summons it like above and behind her. Um, that is very much a physical threat to Supergirl as well. And when when Supergirl goes to fight it, in we get the, we get the idea that Selena's controlling the yeah. demon. Um, it grabs her, and the screen gets twisted. Um, and it was like this like Lovecraftian Cthulhu figure, I thought, like twisting space and time around Supergirl. Um, kind of an easy way to depict that, just like literally twisting the frame, like stretching it and everything. But um, it got that idea across, and that, that's how I interpreted that. So that was... It, it was cool to see like like a, like a Superman figure fight like a Lovecraftian monster type thing. I think it's a risky... It was a risky choice. I, I mean, I get it. Like, I yes. think... Yes. 80s cinema is full of like sword and sorcery like B movies so I they're definitely trying from that um especially like you know, if you look like Roger Corman what he's doing at this time mm-hmm. he's making a ton yes. of you know practical effects sword and sandal sword and sorcery type films um but then to put it in like such a big budget film um you know it's inspired it is inspired and and right after superman 3 which was you know also a, a bomb a critical bomb and i believe a box office bomb uh yeah um but of course you know this it didn't pay off uh, <laughs> it paid off critically in, in our, our opinion, opinion. uh yes. some which is 20 the odd uh, 30 odd years later um but yeah that's that's what that's why this podcast exists the reevaluation and um supergirl defeats the demon in selena she this was kind of like a uh, an homage to the first superman movie she spins yeah. around really fast mm-hmm. um but she creates a vortex and the vortex sucks up selena and bianca um and, and the, the demon, demon. Mm-hmm. yeah and and then it it gets funneled into the demon's mirror that selena had been using throughout the yeah. film to spy on people and i guess the idea is they get captured inside the, like sealed inside the right. mirror mm-hmm. um and it unshatters itself because like the magic is contained within again so it, the piece the shards get sucked back and then this was a kind of cool shot where where the mirror is whole again and you can see karis you can see karis standing there in the reflection of the mirror yeah yeah that was a cool shot um and then from there everything goes back to normal and um yep. uh Nigel makes it yeah. through. He he kind of he kind of yeah. ferrets his way through the the twists and turns. Except of this I don't movie. think he goes back to normal. Is he still old? Um, I I think he's like haggard because he's worn out from like being imprisoned okay. and everything. But I, I I think he's like back to a his normal, normal age. age. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which is which is still old. He's still an old dude. Um, but yeah, the movie. Oh, but then Kara takes the Omega Hedron back to Argo right. City. Right. Yes, it does end in Argo City, and did she goes back into the lake yep. to get back yep. into uh, same lake inner yep. space as they call it it's crazy it's it shouldn't be this good like it has no business being this good no no it uh it, it's better than most superhero shit yeah. i see today it really it really is. is i mean it just it embraces the campy aspects um mm-hmm. it embraces the comic book elements it, it embraces the uh more zany exploits the action set pieces and it's it you know, it's willing to take a risk on a more unconventional Superman story. I mean, like we said, the magic yes. element is something you see in the comics and the animated series. But, I mean, who would think? Like, I don't think the average film goer would be like, Superman, I think, you know, 
the supernatural like, uh, or, or mysticism. So, I mean, that's mm-hmm. pretty fucking bad shit. I mean, considering the previous film is, is you know, again, more of a, a sci-fi concept, there's even a kind of like somewhat brainiac-like cyborg character in Superman 3. Right. So it's, it's right. very much, you know, uh, within the sci-fi parameters of the Superman series. Well, I mean, like Superman himself, the character, his his father's a scientist. Yep. Um, he he's always has that angle, um, e- even if it's implicit. So, like the idea of like superstition versus science is um, is a resonant one for for the for the character and for by extension, Supergirl. Yeah, yeah. I just um, yeah, I wish more people picked up on it and kind of could um, could figure out how good this movie was in 1984. Mm-hmm. But but then we wouldn't have done this episode on it because it would have been too good. So um, thus the the embrace contradiction, as Mao says. <laughs> <laughs> um, workers of note, we have um, two here for the the title credits, the title sequence, which is really cool and inspired. Um, the the million dollar title sequence, crazy. Um, Sh- Sheldon Elburn, um, main main and end titles. And uh, Costas Charito um, for the titles, who's uncredited, so extra props to to them. Yeah, yeah. It's um, apparently Sheldon Elburn um, had a graphic design company um, and did titles for various films. Um, and their name is L Elburn uh, House of L. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of perfect. Um, yeah, but yeah, Sheldon. <laughs> It's if, uh, if it, what's his name, uh, was, was from the house of L Sheldon from big bang. Oh my God. Bazinga. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we have the, we have, uh, some members of the prop crew here. Um, we have Sharon Cartwright, prop maker, Eddie Francis, property master, uh, Tommy Davis, Maurice Jones, Andrew Palmer, Wesley Pepiat, and Peter Rissi, all prop men. Uh, that demon is super fucking yeah. cool. Um, the demon, the dildo wand, um, dildo the wand, shadow the omega hedron, coffer, the shadow coffer, the omega hedron, um, the wand of Burundi, the uh, the yes. fucking wand that Nigel has, yes. uh, which is a D and D name if I've ever yeah. heard one oh, for, for like, sure. creepy artifacts. Yeah, um, and then we have the sculptors. Um, Bernard Kramer, Andrew Holder, Fred Evans, Alan Moss, and Peter Voice. Um, again, just the the fucking coffer of shadows and it's like ever evolving yep. stages. Like I just was I was Very not cool. expecting it. Like I just really thought no. it would start and end as this little like goat head, you know, totem. And then yep. as it grows and I, I mean we'll we'll link to some some images in the show notes. It's 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 worth checking out folks. And we should say this film is also on Netflix. Uh, so just fucking watch yeah, it. Like, yeah. you know, again, it's, we're not getting paid or sponsored by Netflix, but I've already, I've already told a friend to go see it. Yeah. It's on Netflix. I'm like, go see it. You'll, you'll, it's, it's a good time. It's, it's way better than it has. Oh yeah, to be. for sure. And then, uh, last but not least here in workers of note, we have the helicopter pilot, Mark Wolf. Um, it's just a shit ton of helicopter shots throughout this movie. They're all the shots of a car flying around. Um, they just, they're, they're good. They're good shots. Um, there's a lot of sped up ones to show that she's like flying faster. And I thought those were pretty cool. Um, I also like the way she flies. She has more of like a T formation. 
um, you know, Superman's more of an H, I guess. Um, and she, she just has her own way of flying, so that was kind of a cool way to differentiate her from Superman. Yeah, it is. So uh, who would you recommend this film to, Lewis? Uh, our broke recommendation. Besides everyone alive. <laughs> yeah, if only. Um, if we could just mind meld with every human being to tell them to watch the Supergirl film. That's the only thing worth yes. telling every human being on the planet. <laughs> we'll get Faye Dunaway to cast a mind meld spell so we can impose our aesthetic <laughs> and like thematic and mythological preferences onto them. Watch this. Watch Revenge of Swamp Thing. That's it. return of swamp thing i'm sorry um so my broke recommendation um as the holidays are upon us folks there's going to be time spent with family and friends um sometimes not as voluntary as one would like um but i think you know this is a great way to spend two hours with your family watch supergirl um Absolutely. It's a great way to introduce superheroes and Superman, super family mythos to younger members of your family or your friends, kids or something like that. Like it's, it's just a good way to spend two hours and wholesome fun. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's, it, it didn't feel its length. No, I can say that for no, it, definitely. by um, no means. And I guess this is an extended cut. I'm not sure. I mean, I know there was, I think perhaps the theatrical cut was cut, was cut down a little bit. Um, mm. But it's it's worth every second, folks. My woke recommendation is for um, any more hardcore but still uh, socially capable comic book fans um, <laughs> who are looking who are looking to recapture that magic from Grant Morrison's All Star Superman, um, one of the best Superman stories ever written, one of the best superhero comics, one of the best comics ever written. Honestly, sure. um, just classic summation of of the at the time. I want to say like. 75 year history of, of one of the most famous fictional characters ever created. Um, it, it, it's kind of Superman is kind of passe at this point. Um, he's, he's kind of having a little bit of a resurgence in the past few years, but like, especially when internet culture was becoming a thing, like the, the line you would hear in, in like see endlessly on forums and, and just geek discussion sites is like, Oh, Superman's overrated. Batman's better. Superman's overrated. Batman's better. Um, which is true from one perspective, but like there's, there's reasons for this character's longevity and there is a lot of resonance there. There's a lot of, um, thematic resonance and in a lot of potential for writing good stories. And in this movie is one such example. Um, it embraces the tone it embraces the camp sentiment and it does so, very effectively uh to make a a wonderful film honestly and um not dissimilar from all-star superman although distinctly different but there's still something there for the for the morrison type superman superman is an example of somebody who's done an amazing job and is being recognized more and more folks more and more (laughs) (laughs) oh my fucking god that's what you basically just said (laughs) That's that's what I said. I I just gave the Trump pitch for Superman. Um, So our bespoke recommendation is uh, fans of High Camp. Um, This is an incredibly campy film. Faye Dunaway. Oh, my God, yes. uh, Peter O'Toole, Peter Cook, um, Brenda Vaccaro, who plays Bianca. um, Yep. Just really just chewing up the scenery. um, Just very outlandish Incredible. performances um 
you know, and even the very con the very concept of of a spooky Halloween ride as the villain's lair says it right. all. Exactly. I mean, and even the fact of just like having the train from the ride go through the fucking set every once in a while. I mean, and having a, a drunken party guest yeah. ride it into scene. <laughs> That's right. That's yes. the first time we see it. Um, yep. Yeah, it's it's really worth it for you fans of camp out there. Um, it's really interesting too. The there's a lot of parallels between the Selena character and the Bianca character with Gene Hackman and Ned Beatty's. Um, Luther and Otis, respectively. Yes, um, yes. They're yes. they're incredibly campy characters in the original Superman. Mm-hmm. Somewhat, almost, you could say, incongruous to the rest of the Superman uh, one film. Yeah. Any fucking nerd out there who says like the Richard Donner Superman is like better than this movie, it it's the same thing. Yeah. It's just yeah. It's it's like the same dynamic of the villains. It honestly. really is. I mean, um, Bianca is almost like more competent. Um, and yeah. like does more than Ned Beatty's Otis, um, mm-hmm. but there's yeah, there's a lot of parallels there. And again, that 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 camp value, um, yeah, worth worth checking out, folks. Um, so yeah, we are up up and away here with our uh, Supergirl episode. Um, like we said, in the future, we probably will check in on uh, Superman three. Uh, Superman 4, if we're feeling uh, sadomasochistic. But, um, yeah. We can do it. it. We can do it. Um, That's the one that John Cryer is in as Lenny Luther. uh, Lex Luther's nephew, I think. Because Luther's not actually in it, Well, that's the funny thing. Gene Hackman returns for number four. He's not in number three. He's not in three. No. um, Robert Vaughn who um, is in those like commercials for that one law firm where it's like injury law or whatever. You remember those commercials? He doesn't do them anymore because he's dead now. But um, mm. yeah, Robert Vaughn used to do commercials for like some uh, national like injury law firm. Uh, <laughs> sure. He doesn't play sure. Luther though. He just plays some random millionaire um, in, in Superman three, but he's, he's obviously a Luther. Cypher. He's a Luther. Yeah, stand-in, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I'm like, I'm fucking Lenny Luther now. He looks, <laughs> <laughs> he's he's playing with like a Game Boy yeah, SD. It seems yeah. like in one he's, of the- it's. I think it's an original Game Boy. By the time that movie came out, I think the original Game Boy was out. Yeah, and John Cryer actually Jesus plays Christ. Lex Luthor in the Supergirl TV show now. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, like actually, Lex yeah, Luthor. actually, Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Apparently, he he also plays uh, Felix Faust, another magical supervillain huh. in Justice League action. Oh, really? He voice he voices him. Yeah, well, um, yeah, in, you know, the, the DC media has always been very rich and very deep and draws upon its own traditions because it's, it's had those traditions. It's right. created those traditions. I mean, Marvel has to a certain extent as well over the years, but I don't know. It, it, it likes to forget that some of the older things exist, you know, like, I mean, you're not going to see Dolph Lundgren in the new Punisher movies, you know, like... Although that would be amazing. Yeah, instead of using Kevin Nash as the Russian uh, yes. hitman, right? Like, Dove Lundgren is an actual Russian guy. Like, that yep. would have been incredible. Yep. I mean, no offense, you know, I love you, Kevin Nash, but that would have been fucking great. So, I mean, DC just does that better. Like, DC, just, like, be good to the workers. Um, and on that note, we'll see you back in Argo City. <laughs> see you then in inner space. Woo!